0: Hi, everyone. Sorry I missed yesterday. I'm trying to do every day, but things get in my way. It's called life. Today, I have a brief thing to mention and talk about that I think is very important, and I came across it in a magazine called Brain and Life, which is a publication of the American Academy of Neurology. This magazine is free if you have a neurological disorder or are taking care of somebody with one. So by all means, if you don't get it, go on the internet and Google Brain and Life, and you'll get it free delivered to your home every two months. One article in particular got my attention, and it was regarding a woman who has since died with amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. But this woman was an unusual person in the respect that it took her 22 years of illness before she died. As you know, ALS is nasty stuff, and death can come in as little as two years, and commonly it's done in five. And so going 22 years is statistically way out of bounds, what statisticians like to call outliers. In fact, in the article, they spoke of her as an outlier. And as I saw the article, I recalled Stephen Hawking, who, as we know, went a long time with ALS and finally succumbed here a few months back, but again, 20-plus years. At the time that Stephen died, I did record a podcast, and I made the observation that perhaps what set him apart from other people who have ALS might have been the incredible power of his mind. Could it be that his mind somehow, by hook or by crook, by I don't know what, found a way to keep his ventilation working even though the rest of his physical body had stopped and his cognitive skills were terrific right up to the end. Well, when I looked at the story about this woman in the magazine, turns out she was an experimental psychologist, very intelligent woman, very involved in her care. And so what came to me were two things. Number one, why doesn't the medical profession look more at outliers and see if they can find what they have in common? For example, I consider myself an outlier. I believe that I have gone way beyond the point that most people do, at which time they have to take medication, and I'm not taking any. And I'm not the only one. There are a few of us around who are able to document our illness and also clear, clarify that we're not taking medication. I hold That several people now with Parkinson's are capable of doing very well for a longer period of time without taking medication. We're the outliers. So speak on behalf of outliers, I want to say to the medical profession, why don't you gather a bunch of us together and see what we have in common? I have my hypothesis. And for those of you who are familiar with my podcast, my Thinking, my hypothesis is that the mind can bring on anatomical changes in neuroanatomy. I don't know how that happens. I have ideas. Nobody can confirm how it is. It's not the act of will. It's not an act of prayer. It's not an act of being good. But some people are able to do something to make a change. I don't know why the tremor in my right leg disappeared, why my face remains expressive when it was like stone here only a few years back. I continue to have a rather pronounced tremor in my right hand. Other than the fact that it gets shaky, it isn't very disabling. My balance isn't really good, but I'm working on it a lot. So I take this article into mind And it's my opinion that it may be another piece of evidence that people with their mind being well managed are capable of changing the course of an illness. Now, we know it doesn't happen very often, but if we can find the common denominator, we might have it happening more often. So stay tuned. hope you found this to be an interesting little chat, and I'll be back with you tomorrow. Bye-bye.